My name is Carolyn, and today I'll be reading from, well, actually I have three uh, different scriptures to read from, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, and chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. Please follow along with me. I will read straight through. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him, as righteousness. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, for your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you, throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. This has been the reading of God's word. Please be seated. Uh, America is called the, the land of opportunity. Uh, the, the story goes that with enough, enough hard work, some ingenuity, and hopefully like a little bit of, a little bit of luck mixed in there, that, that, that you can be and do anything that you want to be and you want to do. Our culture is filled with stories like that, right? Of somebody who had a great idea, they applied themselves, they worked hard, and created a, a brand new life for themselves and their family, created a great fortune, uh, 
change their, their destiny, their life, their family's life. But the thing is that story doesn't always come true, does it? That story doesn't always come true. We know that you can work hard, you can try your best, and still, still not achieve the American dream. That can be especially highlighted at, at this time of year, right? Like when we look around, whether it's friends or family or online, or you look around and you see people who are giving and receiving expensive gifts, they're, they're, uh, they're going on amazing holiday trips, they're feed is full of the cool things they're doing. They're enjoying opulence. They're looking back on a year of incredible uh, financial growth and wealth. And we look at ourselves and we seem to be at the same place that we were a year ago, maybe even worse spot. What we see is that sometimes it's not what you know, but it's who you know. It's not how, how hard you work or how smart you are, but sometimes it's who your parents are and who they know. No matter what the American promise seems to say, our lineage matters. Our lineage matters. When a family has means, we know this, when a family has means, when they have education, when they have contacts, that, that passes on from generation to generation and it just stacks and builds on top of each other. And if you're born into that, you have myriads of opportunities in front of you. And if you're not, well, it can feel like you're sort of running uphill in the mud, right? Our lineage matters. And we've all thought about this. No matter how great your family is, no matter how thankful you might be for certain elements of your lineage, maybe you are thankful for, maybe you have wealth, maybe your family does have, provide opportunity, maybe your family provided education or resources, maybe athleticism or good looks or a Christian heritage, those are things that you're thankful for. But most of us, I would say probably all of us have at least wondered what would it be like to be a part of a different family that didn't pass down those bad traits and were able to pass down some good stuff? What would it be a part to be a part of a, a different lineage who had more resources, had a different outlook, different genetics, different strengths, maybe better relationships with each other? Because no matter how great or terrible your family tree looks like from the outside, all of us desire to be a part of a better lineage. No matter how great or terrible your family tree looks like from the outside, all of us desire to be a part of a better lineage. And this is where the message of Christmas comes in. And I, I want you to hear this. This time of year can be hard for many people because it, it only seems to put a spotlight on what you're aware of the rest of the year, that your family and your fortune isn't what you would like them to be. Your family and your lineage has passed down deep and profound brokenness to you. And the Instagram picture of the, the happy family exchanging expensive gifts around a roaring fire in a beautifully, perfectly clean, happy home only serves to twist that knife inside you. What I, what I want 
what I want you to do is I want you to erase all the Photoshop pictures of what you think your life and your family should be like. And I want you to be able to relax from the striving to make your life and family into something better than they are. And I want you to hear the message of Christmas this morning. The message is, most of you guys know it, the message is that the eternal Son of God took on flesh, was born of the Virgin Mary, and fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies. But here's why he did so. Here's why the Son of God became man. Here's why he took on flesh. To bring you into the greatest family and lineage imaginable. To give you a new name and a new identity in that family and to pour out his family blessings upon you. And this is illustrated in his fulfilling uh, a particularly important prophecy. You may have picked it up on the, in the scriptures that Carolyn read for us, that Jesus Christ was the promised seed or the son of Abraham. Now, we've got to go quickly, but let's look at what, why that is significant, that Jesus was the promised son or seed of Abraham, and we can, so we can understand what that means to us. Who was Abraham? Now, many of you guys know, but Abraham is probably the most revered uh, religious figure in history. Uh, he's considered the father of faith. He was called the friend of God. Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all trace their faith back to Abraham. Muslims believe that Abraham turned away from paganism and actually to, to worship the one true God and rid the, uh, the Arabian Peninsula of pagan worship. And then he, with his son Ishmael, instituted core elements within what would become Islam. Here's what the Jews believe. They believe that Jesus, that the Father, God, revealed himself to Abram, called him to leave paganism behind, made a covenant promise to him, and passed that promise to his descendants through Isaac and Jacob, who was also called Israel. We're going to get to what the gospel of Christianity teaches about him in just a minute. But just to real quickly, here's the story of Abraham. Just a, a very, very cliff note version of, of, of uh, the story of Abraham. He was called Abram. He lived in Ur of the Chaldees. He was a member of the normal pagan society that was there that worshipped other gods. All of a sudden, God, the one true creator God, revealed himself to him, and he called him to leave his people, leave his homeland behind, and journey to an unspecified place. And he made a covenant with Abraham. He promised in that covenant, a covenant is a, a binding promise, he made a covenant with Abraham, and in that promise, he promised to give the land of Canaan to Abram as his inheritance. He promised to give Abram an heir, in fact, many heirs. He promised to make Abram a great nation. He promised to bless him and that he would be, and his descendants would be, a blessing to the nations. It was such a, a stark difference that, as in the passage that we read, Abram's name was changed by God from Abram to Abraham, which means father of multitudes. And then Abraham, this God had made this promise to him. He tried to fulfill the promise that he would have an heir. He, he would, Sarah, his wife, were old. They, didn't, they couldn't conceive. And so he said, I'll take it to my own. He, and he, through one of her servants, he, his, one of his wife's servants, he bore a son named Ishmael. 
But through time, he learned to have faith in God. And Sarah, his wife, bore a son, Isaac. And then, in a crazy turn, which would be a whole another conversation, God called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And he obeyed up to the point of raising the knife until God provided another sacrifice, a ram. That was the legacy and the lineage that was passed down to the Israelites. They came from that promise. Abraham was their father. They were his heirs. The one true God had made a covenant, a binding agreement, one that does not expire. He had made a covenant. The one true God had made a covenant with Abraham concerning them. That was their father. So they were his, God's special people, the special people of the one almighty creator God. He would bless them, he had promised, and through them all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And generation after generation, it was a lineage that gave them faith and prosperity and identity and a place. But by the time the angel shows up to talk to Mary, God's people have become restless. Because even though God made the covenant with Abraham, he and his children never keep their end of the covenant. He called them to worship him and him only. He called them to turn away and leave everything else and to follow him. And later he called them to, to keep his covenant laws in order to walk in his blessing. But they failed and they failed over and over and over again. And having broken the covenant, they were not blessed. And the kingdom broke apart super quickly and they were conquered by foreign pagan powers. Yet still, yet still they believed they were God's chosen people and they took pride that they were children of Abraham. Even so, God had been silent for 400 years. They'd been conquered by strong empires for generations and there was no sign that anything would change. God's people who had been promised blessing were ruled by outsiders. The land of promise didn't belong to them. Some favored and f wavered and fell into empty religion or blended into pagan culture. But those that remained faithful waited on the promised Messiah, the one who would deliver Israel. And that's where Mary and the angel come in. Listen to what the angel told Mary. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, Israel, forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And this was Mary's response. After she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth recognizes that Mary is pregnant with her Lord, she tells her she's pregnant with John the Baptist. After all this happens, we're, we're recorded a beautiful poem or song that Mary recites or sings to God. And this is three verses from it. She's talking about God. We sang about this in, this, in, the, in one of the earlier songs. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich, she's talking about God, he has set, sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham 
and his offspring forever. She recognized that when the angel came and said, I'm, the Spirit of God is going to overshadow you. You will conceive a son. He will be the long-awaited Savior, the Messiah. He shall sit on his throne, David. She recognized this is God fulfilling the covenant promise that he made to Abraham that he would bless him and that through him all the nations of the world will be blessed. And then after Zechariah, the Elizabeth's husband, after John the Baptist is born, he breaks out into a prophecy, and this is what he says about what's happening with Elizabeth giving birth to John the Baptist is going to be the forerunner of Jesus and her, husband, her cousin pregnant with the Messiah. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Hear that? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show, verse 72 of Luke chapter 1, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to his, our father Abraham to grant us, that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. He recognized God was fulfilling the long-given promise to Abraham to bless him and to bless the nations through him. This is how a pair, I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture this morning, a little bit more than I normally want to throw at you all at once because I know that we don't have great attention spans. But here's why I'm giving this to you, because I want to bore down deep into your soul the word of God, the promise that Jesus Christ is to us. When, when Mary and Joseph brought the young child Jesus to the temple to be dedicated and made sacrifices for him, there was an old guy in there named Simeon, and he had been waiting in the temple because God had told him that he would see the consolation of Israel or the Messiah before he died. And whenever they walked in, nothing that would tell them, they didn't walk in with pomp and circumstances, not a halo hanging around them. God spoke to him, this is the child, I told you, would be promised. And this is what Simeon said. He took him, the child, Jesus, up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles, that's most of us, and for glory. Glory to your people, Israel. Jesus was the physical son of Mary, so he was a son of Abraham. But he was also the son of God, which meant that he wasn't just the son of Abraham or the seed of Abraham. He was the son of Abraham. He was the capital S seed or the capital O offspring of Abraham. This is what Paul said about this. Again, I'm going to try to drive this deep into your soul because we're going somewhere with this. He said this in Galatians 3.16. Now the promises, remember the promises that were made to Abraham. I will bless you. I will bless all the nations through you. All right? Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and your offspring who is Christ. Listen to this. God initiated the covenant with Abram 
Abraham could not have initiated it with God. You don't go to God and say, I'm going to make a covenant with you. You're going to keep these promises and I'm going to keep these promises. We don't have the ability to do that. But God came to Abraham, picked him out of the out of the out of the those who were worshiping pagan gods and he said, "You, hey you, me? Yes, you. Why me? Because I've chosen you. That's really the only reason. You come out, leave your father and mother and go to the land that I've called you and I will make this covenant with you. I will bless you and I will bless through you all the nations of the earth. God initiated the covenant with Abraham. Abraham could not have initiated himself. It had to be God who would do it. Before that, Abram was worshiping the gods of his day. God made covenant promises to Abraham, to cre- and he created through that a new lineage. And then God himself fulfilled the covenant. Abraham's offspring, they wavered. His seed, the children of Israel, they wavered. They, they never got a good track record. They never had a good run. Every time it looked that they were going to follow him, three steps back. Generation after generation after generation after generation after generation, Abraham's offspring wavered, but God's covenant promise didn't rest on them. It rested on the offspring, the seed, the son. Jesus is the promised son of Abraham through whom God promised that he would bless not just Israel, but all the peoples of the world. Jesus, whenever he was born, opened up and expanded the lineage of Abraham, the lineage of promise, the lineage of blessing, the lineage of the people of God's covenant love to the whole world. In Galatians, Paul tells us that it is those who are faith that are the children of Abraham. Here's what that means. Here's the payoff. Jesus makes us the heirs of Abraham. Jesus makes us the heirs of Abraham. Christian, that is your lineage. That is your heritage. And that is as real. In fact, it is more real than who your mother and father are or were, who their parents were, what DNA has been passed down to you, what brokenness has been passed down to you, what poverty has been la- passed down to you, what, whatever has been passed down to you by your mother and father and their mothers and fathers before them, whatever your family or fortune says, Christian, your lineage is that you are an heir of Abraham. It is a lineage of faith and not by blood. So anyone can enter. Believer, you are in the family of Abraham. You're in the family of God brought in by the seed, the offspring of Abraham. And if you're not already in that family today, you can be in. Because as I've said, no matter what your lineage is, no matter what you've done, no matter what your track record is, no matter what kind of brokenness has been passed down to you, The way to enter into the family of faith, the way to enter into Abraham's family, the way to enter into God's chosen people is by faith alone. As easy as placing your faith and trust on him alone. 
the seed, the offspring who fulfilled the covenant for us. Your lineage, Christian, your lineage goes back through all the men and women who by faith had followed and worshipped God. You can claim all of them, and they claim you. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Elijah, all the saints of the Old Testament, they are in your lineage. The apostles, Peter, John, Paul, they are all in your lineage. Every great Christian that has come before us is in your lineage as a believer in Christ. Because Jesus is your elder brother who brought you in, and the Father has adopted you. And this is what that means. By as heirs of the covenant to Abraham, it means that we are a people for God's own possession. We are a people who are set apart. When God called Abram, he said, go leave your father and mother, leave the land of your fathers and mothers, leave the gods that you have worshiped behind and come and follow me and trust me. You will be mine and I will be yours. You'll be a people for my own possession. And we, as heirs of Abraham, are people who are set apart. We're people who are called to leave everything else and follow God alone. Like Abraham, we're called to cling to God and leave everything else behind. With a because. Why? Because there is a better promise. That's why Abraham was willing to leave Ur. Because there was a better promise in following the God of all creation who promised to bless him and make him a blessing. But like Abraham, what we're doing is we're looking for a city who's built, uh, who, who has a foundation whose builder and maker is God. We're looking for a city, an existence that lasts, that doesn't fade. That's your lineage, believer. Don't fall prey to looking for a city here. Don't fall prey to looking for an existence that's based upon this world that's fleeting and passing away. We are the called out ones, and we're called out because we're a people for God's own possession. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. We've been purchased out of the world. And he's called us to leave our home and our kindred and follow him. And this is why, because he's promised himself to us. Believer, are you leaving everything that is known and comfortable to follow Christ? Are you falling prey to look for a city here? We have no lasting city here. We are people for God's own possession. Are you letting yourself find identity in Anywhere else, from anything else other than that you are the seed or heir of Abraham, the seed and heir of God himself. We're people who are God's, for God's own possession. We're a people who are in covenant with God. A people in covenant means this. It means that God has a claim on us, but it also means that we in turn have a claim upon God. That's the way covenant works. Do you walk confidently like a person that God has a claim upon who also has a claim upon God? God, you promised to bless me. Does that mean that I'm going to be wealthy? No, but it means that he's going to, above all things, he's going to give me himself and he's going to lead me to a city 
whose foundation, whose builder and maker is God, that lasts forever, that is sure. You are people in covenant with God if you're a believer, and therefore you can claim to him, God, you said you would give me yourself. You said you would bless me. You said you would cause me to be a blessing. I don't know what that means. Well, I have a lot in my bank account or little. I don't know if it means that I'll be comfortable or not. I don't know if it means that you're going to call me somewhere that I'll lose my life for the sake of the gospel. But I believe that I am following after you. Going to a city has a foundation whose builder and maker is God. A city, an existence that lasts, that holds Remember I said I want you to bore a deep foundation? That is the foundation for you as a believer. You've been by blood, the blood of Christ, brought into the covenant of Abraham. Your lineage goes all the way back to him, and in fact goes back before him, and it goes all the way to Christ and the Father themselves. That is your foundation. And because of that, we can, have a, we can walk like a people who has a claim upon God. God, I know, we sang it, God, I know that you will be faithful, so I'm going to stand. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. I'm going to leave behind everything that's comfortable, knowing and trusting that you provide, you will keep me, you will hold me, and you will carry me through to the ends. Abraham was wealthy, yes, but he also had a lot of problems but he walked by faith and followed God. Jesus was poor and suffered a lot. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. There's a consolation. We sing about it in Great is Thy Faithfulness. Your spirit now, he's given us his spirit within us as a consolation, as a hope, breathing inside our soul, if it were, his love and care and compassion for us. And he'll take us through to the end. The greatest blessing is his presence, his communion with him, is to know him and to be known by him, is to be a friend of the Most High God. We don't really have time to get into this, but we are, because we are heirs of Abraham through Christ, we're a people of faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's why we're born into the family by faith and not by blood. We are people of faith. We're called to follow and obey God just as Abraham did, and more importantly, just as Christ did. No matter what the outside circumstances seem to say, faith is based upon God's initiating action towards us. It's based on the promises that he has given us. And we say those promises are sure. We know the nature and character of God is revealed to us in Christ. It's revealed to us in his word. And we know because of his initiating action towards us, because of his love that's been placed upon us, we can rely upon him. Those of you that are being baptized today, God initiated his love towards you and saved you, and whenever you enter those waters and come out, you are saying, I trust you that you will provide, that you will give me everything that I need for my life. You'll give me everything I need to follow you. You'll give me everything that I need in order to, to, to follow you and say goodbye to everything else except for you. You can rely upon his word, and you can rely upon his promises. We can believe in him more than what our sight tells us, more than what our senses tells us. We can believe in him 
When all of our instinct says we're going down, we can trust him that he will keep us and hold us and take us to the end. That's what our family history tells us. Abraham believed God. When he was 99 years old and his wife, the, the, the wording there is kind of gross. It says she was shriveled up. He believed that God was able to do what was impossible. And God answered. And through the generation after generation, we've seen that all the way through Christ and down to our day. The story of Christmas is that a way has been made by Jesus, the son of Abraham, to bring you into the family and lineage of God. To bring you into the promises that were made to Abraham by God. To make you a child of him. To make you a child of the covenant. A child of the one true almighty creator God. That's the message of Christmas. And I think that's pretty cool. That's what we're going to celebrate with baptism at the end of the service today. And that's what we're going to celebrate now with the other sacrament. As we partake of the body and blood of Christ. It is a covenant meal. It is a sign that we have been brought into the covenant of God. As sure as Jesus died and rose again, we are a child of God by faith. It doesn't matter what we've done before we were saved, after we're saved, what we'll do tomorrow, he will be faithful all the way through. Father, we trust you. We believe. But Lord, we ask you to help us in our unbelief. Lord, I pray that you would show us this morning, if there's any, any part of our lives where you're saying that we're trusting in any other identity, we're leaning upon anything other than you, that we are not leaving father and mother to follow you. Lord, I pray that you would refresh us and revive us, remind us that we're not brought in by our work, by your work. Lord, I pray that you would bless this covenant meal that we're partake of each, with each other and then the, the baptism of the end, that you'd be glorified in our midst. In the name of Christ. Amen.